so much on my heart. Such an amazing place. God's doing such an amazing deal. Can I, um, can I pastor you just for a minute? You got a great pastor, but I may be able to do. And I, I say that most guys, you uh, like. There's guys that'll call me in to do their dirty work. I don't know if that makes sense. Hey, can you can you preach on this? Can you say? Buck doesn't do that. He'll do. He'll take care of his own stuff. And Amy, pastors, Buck and Amy. Um, but you guys that are not in a life group, um, it's it's not just the tr- we're not. It's not just promotion, like promoting something or selling. Um, I'm not selling. I'm I'm sold. So so it's easy for me. I'm not a I'm not a shopper. I'm a buyer. Um, I'm I'm a closer, if you will. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to sell you. I'm just gonna go to the close, and you're either buying or not. And that and and honestly, I see that in the word. The Bible says if they receive you, if they accept you, go on in and hang out with them. If they don't, go to the end of the edge of the city and kick the dust from your feet and move on. That see, those are the things that so much at church we try to we try to make it so comfortable and so convenient. You know this this fast. It, to me, it, it, and I call it a fast, presenting it to the church, but it's not a fast because I eat. I eat vegetables. I eat fruit. I eat a, I eat a bowl. The, two, I had two of these bowls. I just need I, I, just something to knock the edge off, and I'm, I'm good, okay? But it's not a fast because you eat, right? Like go water and call it a fast. It's a sacrifice, See, that helps me when I think, okay, I'm going to do the Daniel sacrifice. And because what he said is, I'm, I'm not partaking of the king's table. My people are in famine. I'm not eating all that stuff. And they said, you're not going to be able to keep up. And don't you love it when the world doesn't think we can keep up? Well, I'll show you. And, you know, I, I believe you guys as a church are lapping the world. And, and that's what God's called us to do. But I want you to know these life groups are essential. That's why they're talking about them. If you're not in one, it's honestly, if, if the, okay, let me just break it down for you. If this is your church and you're committed and drum roll, submitted here. See, committed is I've entered a room with no exits. Okay, how many of you guys are married? You're, you, you, are you, yeah, he doesn't have an exit. So you want him, he's trapped. So you want, don't look there, you just keep your eye on me. The, <clears throat> you want guys around him that know that, that aren't promoting, hey, there's a little, little trap door over here. We can sneak out and sneak back in. No, the thief does that. Okay, so, so committed is you've entered a room with no exits. Submitted is he's relinquished his rights. The Bible says, submit yourself one to another. Well, see, I, submission in my life, I'm submitted to God. That means I don't have the right to be sick. I don't have the right to be poor. I don't have the right to judge somebody. You know, I was looking in the Word in Proverbs 24 this morning, and, it, and I've never seen it like this before. I've seen it before, but I've never seen it like this before. Anybody, anybody experience a Word like that? 
You'll read it and go, wait, I never saw it like that before. But Proverbs 24, the Bible says the righteous will go down seven times, fall seven times, and get back up. But then it, 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 we, we do, we, like, I want to preach that. I don't want to preach the B side of it because it continues. And, okay. <laughs> Is this just me and him in here? <laughs> We're just having a conversation, just he and I. Um, what the heck was I talking about? <laughs> Proverbs 24. It, it said the righteous will, will fall and get back up seven times. And listen, but don't judge them for falling because we fall because, because we make poor decisions. They fall because of calamity. But you know what? The warning there, I think the, the, the initial thought is, look, you fall, you stumble, you, you, you error, get back up, get back in the race, okay? Get back up and start running again, and guess what? Put, put a little bit of territory between you and that last fall, okay? But know that, that you're going to be able to get back up. God built us that way. I mean, how many times has the devil tried to convince you it's over? And, oh, it's not over. As long as I have breath, it's not over, Okay? But, but when the world falls, when those people fall, when the, when the enemies fall, when the division fall. See, we're here talking about division in the, in the country and how do we do How do we unite it? Let's quit judging people that are falling outside, out, outside of the kingdom. They're falling by calamity, and we, but we judge them then. We're, we're, don't rejoice when they, when they fall, when they stumble. Man, I know churches that if, if, if leadership messes up in a... In a Similar in a local church in their community, it's almost like they rejoice because it's like, well, that's the more the merrier for us. And that's not church growth. See, this is church growth. Faithful, committed, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. See, the, the Bible's very simple. The word, we, we struggle between 85 and 90% of people committed in the church in America have no idea what the will of God is in their life. That's, that's essentially criminal for the leadership. So I want, I want you to know, and I'm going to kick this service off by telling, I'm going to let you know today what the will of God is for you in your life. I'm going to let you know. Because Jesus didn't come to the world to condemn the world or to judge the world, but that we might be saved, to forgive us. Okay, so here's the will of God. So you, you don't have to have any questions. It's very simple, okay? Fireworks aren't going to go off. There's not going to be a, a parade with confetti when you start walking it. Okay, so, so here it is. You ready? Rejoice always. Write it down. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Rejoice. What happens to your marriage if, if, if you're rejoicing? The Bible says rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Ma'am, keep rejoicing. But bad things are happening. I don't care. Well, but, but people are talking about me. Definitely don't care. It's like, what are they saying about you? I don't know. I don't care. See, so, so rejoice always, number one. Okay, Give me, a, give me a, a facial picture of what rejoicing looks like. Show me. 
She's looking at me like, you take one more step closer to me, I, I will kill you. Okay, rejoice always. What's, take a while, guess what the next one is. In, pray without ceasing. It's like, oh, I'm tired of praying. Well, get over it. That, you, know what that, you, know, you know what that's like? It's like you're being tired of breathing. Nope. No, you'll say, well, what's prayer to you? It's my communication with God. No, it's my breath. It's like communicating with God. For what are we making this up as we go along? It's like, it's like for me, if I say, hey, son, you're in the front row. You, you appear to be a committed Christian, right? I, I get that. So, so now I don't have to say, how's your prayer life? Because I sense you're breathing, right? Like, how long can you hold your breath? I bet you could do it longer. But here's, but here's the bottom line. The bottom line is, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Keep breathing. How's life going? I'm breathing. So what does that mean? For, what's the parallel for you as a Christian? You're praying, okay? And, and you'll say, well, come on. No, do you know what the Holy Spirit literally, you know who he really is? The breath of God. Hello? See, I'm not up here and having not done the math. I've done the math. If you're breathing, you're praying. Why? You're a Christian. You're a follower of Jesus. You're a disciple. See, so rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and now here's the other one, in everything give thanks. You're like, oh my gosh. And let's, let's, let's sit down and start giving thanks. You guys ready for this? Start giving thanks, not for, but in all the political stuff that's going on in America. God, I thank you. We got a, well, I'm in a two-party system. I, God, I thank you. I, I, I've, got the, I've got the right to speak. Well, they're limiting it. God, I thank you. I've got a right to speak. But they don't like what you're saying. God, I thank you that I got the right to speak. See, so rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And that, that baby crying at 3 o'clock in the morning for the fifth consecutive night, and you going, and, and, and your wife saying, man, are you gonna, will you get up and get the baby? It's like, I didn't even want to get that baby. You're the one that wanted the baby. You go get the baby. Back up, Jack. Okay, but, but then I link this. The Bible doesn't say sin comes before the fall. God has dealt with our sin. It says pride comes before the fall. A man will fall five, seven times and get back up. What precedes that fall? Pride. I don't want to be in a life group. Uh, you know, I'm an, I'm an introvert. Do you understand? I believe, I, believe, I, I, I believe a little bit of introvert and extrovert is, is nature. But I think most of it's nurture. 
It's a flip. It, it's a switch you have to flip. And, and let me just tell you what I do for a living pushes me into introversion. And I'm an, I think naturally I'm an extrovert. And I hate to admit, my son pointed that out to me. <laughs> Turn your Bibles. Let's go to Matthew 25. This, I'm going to start preaching now, okay? But, but here, I don't know that I made the point on those life groups. Are you committed? There's, there's no exits. Find a group. Are, are you submitted? You don't have the right to... You, you might have to clock out 15 minutes early. You might have to I, I hate to... I hate to say this. You might have to miss a game. You might have to... It, 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 listen, it's all, about, it's all about a sacrifice. That's why, this, that's why we do a Daniel fast. Let's just sacrifice the choice food, the comfort food, pleasurable food. What do you, what do you want to eat? I want to eat fried chicken. Where do you want it from? I want it from AQU. It's me and Bill Clinton's favorite restaurant. I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I will take... Culinary advice from Bill Clinton. <laughs> He's from Arkansas. I believe that sucker could eat. Okay, so. Okay, Matthew 25. For the kingdom of heaven, does that get your attention? For the kingdom of heaven is like a man. <clears throat> okay, wait a second. This is confusing. This is conflicting. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling, okay, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five, to another he gave two, to a third he gave one. That baby's not bothering me, just so you know. I've grown to love them. Okay, five, two, and one. All right? The next phrase identifies all of us. Read it to me. According to his abilities. According to what he was able to do. Let's break down what we're able to do. You know why I'm pushing these life groups? Because Pastor Buck and Amy mentioned them. Mentioned. See, we've got to get out of this. You, you can't com- get out of, of it completely. You've got to, we've got to get out of this place where it's like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? I came to Pittsburgh for one reason. And you know what? There's people here I deeply care about. But you know what? I'm in covenant with that man and that woman. What's covenant? If you boil covenant down to the simplest form, whatever the question is, the answer is yes. That's what covenant is. 
So men and women get married, it's covenant. Answer is yes. See, so I came, to, I came to Pittsburgh because, man, back in August or something, Buck asked me, will you come to Pittsburgh in January? I didn't do the math. I didn't think about weather. I didn't, no, weather, I'm not talking about weather like in temperature. I'm talking about weather. Why, where's the sun? <laughs> okay, but I came because Buck asked me. So I'm in covenant with Buck. So what, what's the answer? Yes. It's that simple. And so according to their abilities, availability is where ability starts. The reason you're not serving God at a greater level, which is what our life is all about, is all determined by your availability. And you know what? What God's promises do, the ultimate, the primary effect of our lives for God's promise. By whose stripes you were healed. That's a promise. He said his word and healed us and delivered us of our destruction. That's a promise. All, all my needs met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a promise. And actually, it says all your need is met. I know my needs met. All your needs met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a promise. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise. Do you know why God makes promises? To eliminate our excuses. So you'll say, man, so we still say, how are you feeling? My wife had a liver transplant three years ago. People still come up to her and go, oh, how are you doing? It's like, are you kidding me? And that, the, the, the surgeons that did it, they weren't doctors. They were scientists. They were surgeons. I, there was one time where Sandy said, you know, like, because there's certain, after you have that surgery, there, there's certain medication you can't take. She, she was talking, well, what if I get a cough? He goes, you're going to have to go talk to a doctor. I don't know. I don't know. That's what the surgeon said. And I looked at him thinking, huh, these guys are specialized, and I appreciate that. But here's the deal. He said, the, the guy, I, I said, listen, what's, what's in front of us? What do I do? He goes, listen, you just hang on. I said, why? He said, your wife's going to start aging in reverse. I thought, oh, my gosh. See, so, so what, America, what America produces is fatty liver. You know, it's funny because you, you, like in this Daniel fast, you'll probably lose some weight. You know where you're going to lose it from? Around your liver. See, so we look at this, but people will say, how you doing? And I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking, you have no idea. Because her switch is on go, man. She came up to me at the beginning of January, and she said, I went, I went through my journal from 2023. I think it was the best year of my life. And you look at it, it's like, oh my gosh. But if you don't stop and you don't, you don't see, you don't see, because you know what that journal was? It was an altar to God. So she, she looked at it and she thought, oh my gosh, look what God did. I mean, I don't know how many babies we had in 2023. We took the two best trips we've ever taken in 2023. We've, I mean, our church doubled in 2023 after tripling the previous three years. And it's like, oh my gosh, we're now, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at people, it's like, I can't teach leadership anymore. I have, you have to be a leader. You've got to step up, okay, according to their abilities. I hope there's a little twinge of conviction in your heart right now. Because there's three things that the church needs to give you. Boundaries, 
standards and convictions. Now, what are, what, what are boundaries? Well, yeah, you don't. You know what you don't. What are standards? It's like, well, this, here's the mark we're going to live by, and we're going to pass this to all the generations around us. Okay, what are convictions? Convictions are things that are lawful but not expedient. There's things I don't do that I'm allowed to do socially, but I don't do them. Why? I have a conviction. There's things, I got, I got saved in 1979. There's things God saved me from. Why would I go back to them? There's, there's things I don't do that 99 plus percent of ministry do. And it's common. And I don't do it. And there's people that come up to me and go, I think that's religious. I'm like, uh, I think you're a... But he gave them amounts according to their abilities. Okay, can we keep going? And, and, and immediately, he gave it to them and immediately left. You're like, okay. Listen, he, this was too much for one person. Why didn't he just give it? Why didn't he just give all eight of them to the guy he gave five to? It was too much for him. That, his ability was five. Now listen, then he received five talents, went and traded with them and made another five talents. So he interacted. See, here's the interesting thing about this word trade. What's our salvation? It's a life for life exchange. I give God my life. He gives me his life. And you know what? It happens every day. It happens every time I read the word. It happens every time I have a conversation about God. It's a life-for-life life exchange. That's what marriage is. Your body's his. His body's yours. You, you wouldn't, I'm not going to talk about marriage right now. Then he who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. So what did he do? Do the math. Write it down. Double. Write it twice. And likewise, he'd received two, gained two more also. But, here's the interesting thing about that word but. This word but is one of the most powerful words in, in our language and in the Greek language, this word but. Because everything that was said before previous to this word but doesn't matter. Okay? Yeah. Write down wow. That was, that's a good one. Okay? <laughs> He who'd received one went and dug in the ground, buried it, and returned it to the master. You're like, wait, that's a bad plan. In anybody's book, that's a bad plan. So why would you bury? Why would you not be alive in a life group? Why would you not serve in the parking lot? Why would you not come to every service that's here because there's people coming in that need what you have? Do you understand you have a gifting. You can't fulfill. You, you can't be fulfilled in your life without operating, without lit, walking in the gifting God's put in your life. God didn't give you that gift for you. It's for other people. It's for God gifted me for people I don't know. God gifted me for people I don't get care about. I don't care. 
I mean, I think there's like 60 people I care about. So outside that 60, if like you're in the top 80, I don't care if you, you I wrecked my car. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, if you, if you remember my car, it's like, yeah, I don't know anything about your car. Don't care about your car. But if we all cared about 60 people, it's a different world. It's a different church. It's a different Pittsburgh. It's a different, do you know 60 people? Yeah. Yeah, you do. You don't know a barber, though, do you? <laughs> just go, just growing your hair, just go. But I was cool in the 70s. We didn't go to barbers. I went once a year. What's your name, son? I, that's a cool name. I was going to talk to you until he smiled. <laughs> yeah, you smiled again. Don't act like you didn't. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. They traded. It was a life-for-life exchange. You see, you feel me? And then he came, and what did he do? He settled up with them. See, so he had received five, came and, and, and saying, and the Lord said, the Lord said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. See, most of what you're going to be required to do in this church serving God is going to be within your, well within your abilities. Okay? And, and here's the deal. You're going to have to double. And I mean, your, your life is just doubling. What, what's going It's just doubling because God, God, they preached and it added to the church daily. God, be fruitful and what? That's a different dynamic. Okay? Doubling is multiplying. Okay? You're faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. This is how life works. See, this is how you build a trajectory, build a trajectory build a you you build momentum you build velocity you build your trajectory and you know what things get elevated and if if i'd ask you how many guys want an elevated life you got to be faithful in, in in the little things and god will make you ruler over many things enter into the joy of the lord enter into the joy of the lord what is that that's our strength okay similarly with the guy with two talents same scenario the guy with one talent now Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, <laughs> I knew you'd be a hard man. Let me, let me tell you something. This is an example of a master. What, what, how did this parable start? The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling who had work to do, but had responsibilities. So he started delegating those responsibilities to men according to their abilities. Do you see how this, do you see how this becomes church talk? Okay, listen, Pastor Buck and Pastor Amy, as smart as they are, as creative as they are, they didn't make this up. 
They're just following orders. Man, the, the, man how, do, how, do, how do we get people in a position to take responsibility according to their ability? Let's start with life groups. That's an easy step. That's not a, that's not a leap. It's an easy step. You might have to go bowling with somebody. You might go eat chicken wings. That's what life groups are. Okay, now listen. And he, 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 because he said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Underline that, highlight that. Reaping where you have not sown. I, let me tell you, Pastor Buck is different. I don't, I don't know. I'm, try, I'm, I'm driving around for a few days Pittsburgh with him. I don't know that I've ever experienced, and I travel a lot. I don't know that I've ever experienced what I experience with him every time I come here. You know, I'll look over. The first thing I do, I get in the truck and I look at the gas gauge. <laughs> if it's a full tank of gas, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> and you know what he's doing? He's pointing out buildings. No, he is. He's pointing out buildings. Give me the background. Give me the history. Tell me what kind of issues they had in that building. Tell me how many, how many urinals are in that building. Tell me how many parking places are in that building. Tell me how that building was built. Tell, tell me that there's the thing. And let me tell you, what's interesting is, is the first time this happened, I went home. I got in the truck with my son. What's up, bro? My music guys don't treat me this way, just so you know. Because they know me to be a hard man. No, but I, I would drive around, and I'd get in the truck with my son. The first time I came here and experienced that with Pastor Buck. And my, my son, we're driving from the airport. We went by. There was a bus. They made buses there. Like a factory. It wasn't a factory, but it was a bus shop or a bus building shop factory type thing and we drive by and, and him pick it on me he goes hey dad we could build a great church in that building because that's what I said his whole childhood I drive by buildings and think man we could put a church in that building because I'm just jonesing to build a church without even knowing it see so I knew you to be a hard man so I took I took your talent, I took what was yours, and I buried it because of fear, because of insecurity, because, because of, 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 of inadequacy, okay? And he said, look, here's what's yours, I'm giving it back to you. And so, so now listen, what did the master say? He said, I was, af I was afraid. But the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. And here's what's interesting, is Jesus played his hand here. He didn't call him a master. He called him Lord. He's making a connection with his relationship with Jesus now. Okay? He answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and I gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, Take the talent from him. Wow. See, Jesus is so sweet. <laughs> you, know what I'm, you know that little baby Jesus in that manger just turned into a, just a sweet fella. 
He said, look, take that talent from him, that wicked and lazy. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who's ten talents. For to everyone who has, okay, this is where it connects with you. Are you listening, son? To everyone who has, more will be given. What the world says, the rich get richer. To everyone who has more, and he will have in abundance. You double, more, even more is going to come to you where you haven't, where you haven't sown, where you haven't scattered. But from him who doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away. And you're wondering, man, why am I losing? Why am I? And, and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's like, wait a second. Wait a second. That's for people that didn't make Jesus Lord of their lives. He's not talking about that now. He's talking about producing. Because the world's looking at Jesus through us. And we're so much in the way. Let's go to the message. The message, the message Bible is, and I don't, I don't go to this very often, but I do for this passage. Now listen, the master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why would you do less than the least? The least is depositing and getting simple interest. The worst than the least is burying it. And doggone it, what's the percentage of the church just here, there, everywhere that they're just burying their talent because they feel useless? And it's like, I'm not involved. They're not using me like I want to be used. I could, I could play the guitar as hard as good. I could sing. I could, no, listen, none of that matters. God places you where it pleases him. What pleases God? Now, thank you. Think about this. What pleases God? Humility. What pleases God? Sacrifice. Why should you Daniel fast? Because it's a sacrifice. What do you want out of it? I'm not getting much out of it. You might lose some weight. I don't care about losing weight. It's a sacrifice. And then you know what that sacrifice becomes? Suffering. <laughs> it's suffering. I sit and watch other people eat. The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least you would have gotten a little interest. Take the, the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this. Play it safe, who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out. Would, would you guys do me a favor? And I think I'm going to, am I closing? There's a bunch of numbers up there. <laughs> what was I talking about? I'm sorry? Well. You got to have a takeaway from this. Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus comes in. He's like, whoa. Son of David. 
yo. They're like, hey, bring it down. He goes, what? He goes, yeah, the master's teaching. Rabbi's teaching. Son of David! They said, hey, shut your mouth. They get aggressive. Son of David! And then he, listen, he triggered Jesus. You ready for this? How many of you guys want to know how to trigger Jesus? You want, how many of you guys want to, let me tell you, miracles are all about triggers. Son of David, listen, have mercy on me. Boom. Jesus stopped what he was doing and said, let him come to me. Bartimaeus threw off his, wrapped. He would like someone homeless today. They got sleeping bags and they got blankets. And they're, they're, he threw that off and he got to Jesus. Jesus didn't say, now, listen, you need to sit down. And, and I'm going to teach you for a bit. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you better. You know, Jesus said one thing. You know what it was? What can I do for you? He could have said, man, I've been blind, but I know how to deal with that. I got this sinus infection that's driving me crazy, man. I got headaches. I'm all stopped up. I'm coughing. I'm hacking. No, you know what he said? That I might see. Jesus spit on the ground and made mud, packed it in his eyes, said, now go to the fountain and wash your eyes out. Here's what's interesting. That's a miracle. Not to Jesus. It's just according to his ability. You know what Jesus did, said? He, he knew Bartimaeus came to him. He couldn't see because he was blind. But Bartimaeus went to the fountain. He still couldn't see because he had mud in his eyes. He could have got mad and said, that guy spit on the ground and made mud. Wipe that mud on my face. And you get mud in your eyes, what do you have to do? Wash it out. So what he did was, listen, he changed his mindset. So he comes to Jesus crying out for mercy. He leaves Jesus saying, get the heck out of my way. I got mud in my eyes, just like you would. And he washed his eyes out and he could see it. Guess what he did then? Guess what he did then? And we leave this part out every time we preach it. He followed Jesus and sat at his feet and was probably there serving multitudes. See, I'm, I'm telling you that this is all about boundaries, standards, and convictions. Man, I want you to be convicted if you're not a part of a life group. I want you to be convicted if you don't tithe. I want you to be convicted if you're not trying your hardest. I want you to be convicted if God's not first in your life. I want you to be convicted if you're not at least carrying your share. You don't have to overdo it. Just do it according to your ability. Well, what about me? Well, what about you? No, because here's the bottom line. Most people in churches don't care your dog died. They care that their dog died. They really do. Man, they'll come up to me, and, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be either getting ready to speak or getting ready to go do something. They'll go, man, can I just have a couple minutes with you? I'm like, well, sure. Well, you know, i got to give you a little background. Well, now it's 10 minutes. <laughs> and, and then you need some perspective, and it's another 10 minutes. And then they tell the story, and then they go, well, but, but, but listen, there's a sidebar to this. i got to tell you, next thing you know, it's 30 or 40 minutes. See, when all you need to do, like, do you want to hear from God? Here's how he speaks right here. Come on. This is, no, no, no. Listen, this is how he speaks. 
Nothing's audible. We're audible. See, the verbal part of us is the rhema, is the power of God. God speaks by his word. It's not in a cloud. It's not in the fire, in the flame. It's not in the thunder or lightning. It's in a still, small voice. It's that Bible. So you, people say, well, you know, I, 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 was, I was praying. I talked to God. God didn't say anything. Well, because the word's not in your heart. See, you're not listening. Man, you, you, you want to be led by the Spirit of God? You want to be a son of God? You want to be a daughter of God? You got to have the word in your heart. You got to hide it in your heart. You got you to pile it in your heart. And you know why? Because it's information. And the world's all built on information, and you're reinforming your life, and then it becomes knowledge. But then knowledge left to itself just puffs up and becomes pride, and then it becomes wisdom. And see, we've got to keep moving, and that wisdom is the principal thing. That's the starting block for the kingdom is wisdom. It, it, it comes after information, knowledge, then wisdom. Then you get some understanding. And let me tell you something. Understanding will kind of get you through things. And you'll have a moderate life. And you'll probably be one of those five-talent guys. And I, I don't know. You may be good with that. I'm good. I'm not a one-talent guy. I'm, I'm not a criminal. I'm a five-talent guy. I'm doing my share. But there's more. I want to slap you. There's more. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, there's more for you. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. So, so that understanding becomes revelation. You know, you know, revelation of the healing promise of God and God being Jehovah Rapha, who's here right now, is cancer can't kill you. Write this down. Cancer does not matter. Because what does cancer want to do? Define you. That's where identity. Well, I'm a survivor. They got commercials now. You know, I, I, women, I had breast cancer. I'm, I'm a cancer survivor. It's like, okay. <laughs> what if the revelation of God unplugs the power that those words have? Because those words have power. I'm going to go to my annual checkup. I found a spot. What happened? They found a spot. It's like, do you know why the Bible, what the Bible refers to Jesus as? It's a spot remover. Isn't it? Washed in his blood. Washed by the word. The word removes that spot. Okay literally removes the effect of that spot. What do you do? I'm going to live. Man, they, they replaced my wife's liver. That doctor said we didn't know it was as bad as it was. It was like one of those end-of-life things. I'm like, well, okay, what's up now? He goes, she's going to start aging in reverse. You better, you, better, you better get ready. And let me tell you, it's happened. I, I called her yesterday. It's zero degrees in Tulsa. She's unplugging her Christmas lights. It's like, it, it's like Knott's Berry Farm in our house at Christmas time. It's like, these, you got these guys, she hires all these guys, they come put lights up, and it's like the Griswolds. And, and, and she's out unplugging them because it's going to get cold. I'm like, Sandy, she goes, I don't, I, I, 
you, who, who would get called? I said, somebody. I said, forget those freaking lights. I don't care about those lights. It's no degrees. It's dark, and you're unplugging Christmas lights. She can't help it because she's aging in reverse. What if I proclaim that to you today? See, some of you, like, how old are you, son? So for the next four years, he's got to be squeezed. And then but when he's 19, somebody's got to knock the 19-year-old out of him. Like any problem you have in your life, any issue he has in his life, he's still got residue of that 19-year-old guy in him. And you know what? It's fun sometimes. Like if we're drinking some beer or we're passing a joint or if we're walking down a dark alley, I want 19-year-olds with me. But let me tell you something. So you know what it is? It's... it's it's commitment, it's sacrifice, it's suffering, and it's discipline. You are not disciplined unless you've made a commitment. You're not disciplined. You're not a disciple unless you're sacrificed. So what can you sacrifice today? You know what I'm going to sacrifice? I'm going to sacrifice meat. I'm going to sacrifice dairy. I'm going to sacrifice sugar. I'm going to sacrifice choice bread. I'm going to sacrifice, and it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, there's, that's it. <laughs> I might as well not eat. No, if I, if I went to a restaurant, you waited on me, and you came and said, hey, what would you like to eat? Just something I don't want. Just whatever you got, I'll just take it. <laughs> hey, you want some vegetables? It's like, is that a trick question? <laughs> Please do me a favor, and I'm going to hand the mic off to somebody. Do me a favor. If you're not in a life group, sign up for a life group. Okay, trust my math. It's going to make you better. It's going to help you. How old are you, son? 16. What was I talking about? Why would I talk? I talked about them earlier. Oh, here's what I want to tell you. Have a takeaway today. Have something, have a brick that you could put in that wall like Nehemiah. I'm building this wall. Have a takeaway. Don't just leave and go, yeah, how was the message? Oh, it's good. It's a good word. Good, good, good word. I even laughed a few times. He's crazy. That guy's crazy. I'm talking about Pastor Buck now, not me. But, but have a takeaway. I, I sat down with, uh, with Gabe last night. I said, what was your takeaway? He told me. I'm like, wow. Because you know what? Most times I ask people that, and I do, I do this regularly now. It, it's, it's, it's a habit of mine now that I'll say, hey, what's your takeaway? And they'll tell me, and I'll be like, dear God, that's good. I wish I'd have said it. Because <laughs> you know what? God adds. God multiplies. God redeems. And you know what? I'm just telling you, find those trigger words in, God's, in, in the Bible and let those jump out and grab you because there's miracles in that. It's a life of miracles. How, how's this happen? Doesn't matter how. He's the God of the end. 